This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I'm actually going to be sharing something that I thought I had previously shared in a a different episode, but as I went back through and I looked at, you know, the previous 80 or however many it is different episodes, I realized that I never covered this. And I don't know if it's going to be something that is as immediately applicable to everyone listening. That's maybe not the best way to set up uh, an episode, but I just want to be honest about it. I had the privilege, I was going to say a conversation, but I was partly in kind of a, a small group and I think maybe there were 10 of us around the table. My dad was speaking at a men's event out in um, Wisconsin and the night before the keynote speakers for the event and then me basically uh, and a few of the other people that were really involved in putting the whole thing together went out for dinner and I went because I was traveling with my dad and I was kind of tagging along for the ride and this conversation was it was really great it wasn't just a hey we're having dinner here ahead of you know this conference and that's kind of it we spent some time going around the table and each of these uh, people talked about the way that God had been working in their lives recently, kind of big picture what they do. And then really, you know, we just checked in with each other and said, hey, what's what's going on? What are some things that you're learning? What are some things that you're struggling with? And it was a surprisingly vulnerable, intimate conversation with people that most of us had never met before. And there was a guy at this dinner, his name's Gordon McDonald, and some of you may recognize that name right away. Some of you, I'm guessing, even if you don't know the name immediately, would be familiar with some of his work. He's an author and teacher who has been actively leading and involved in ministry and sharing and teaching for um, decades and decades. And so you probably, like I say, have come across one of his books at some point or uh, come across some of his teaching or teaching that has been kind of um, shaped or colored by some of his ideas. And so he was one of the guys at this dinner and he was sharing. He's, I believe, like 87 or something like that. And he was sharing that he had come across this idea or kind of come up with this idea that he felt like at different stages of life, at different decades as we grow older, we're asking different questions out of life, out of ourselves, out of our church. And so he went through And what I want to do is just read through because he said 
Okay, I think this is the main question that people are asking in their teens and 20s and 30s. And those were the only three that I can say, hey, I've lived through that, right? But I listen to those questions and go, yeah, that sounds right. And he went all the way up through the 80s. And as I looked around the table, some people that were in their 50s and 60s were nodding along and going, yeah, I relate to those questions right now. And I've shared this in a few different settings. Um, One of them I shared with our staff at our staff devotions because our ministry, we spend a lot of time interacting with people from different uh, generations than my own and our own. And, you know, I said, I think it's important for us to understand that really different people at different life stages are going through really different things. And since this conversation that I got to be a part of and really spent some time digesting and thinking about, wow, if that's where different people are in the different decades of life, how does that impact how I relate to people who are 70 because I mean you and I know this as we're listening right now but I'm 34 and so someone that I'm talking to who's 70 is at a different stage of life than I am they're not in the middle of um, you know kind of building a career or taking on a whole bunch of new responsibilities as they try to figure out their niche and their sweet spot. They're not testing and seeing what works and doesn't work in terms of um, daily routines and sharing responsibilities in the household. You know, they're at a different spot. And so as I read through this list, what I'd encourage you to do is to think about how knowing where people are can impact the way that you, um, the way that you interact with them, the way that you love them, the way that you care for them. And I don't know who is going to be popping into your head as I read through this list. I have no idea. Maybe (laughs) if you're a marketing person, you're listening and you're disgusted by what I'm about to say, but I have no idea who listens to this podcast, the demographics, any of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, some of you may be listening and you're at a similar stage in life that I'm in and you're listening and going, okay, yeah, this is going to really help me know how to um, invest in and love well people that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, Maybe you're listening and you're a little bit older than me, a decade older, a generation older, and you're listening and going, okay, yeah, it's important as um, as I'm mentoring teens and as I'm trying to help kind of young adults figure out what life looks like for them, I want to keep some of these things in mind. And for me, this has really impacted the way I think I've said it impacted like 10 times already so sorry if that's annoying but it really has um, (laughs) impacted the way that I 
prepare when I'm speaking to specific audiences or churches where I know there's going to be a generational difference where I know that, okay, the phase of life that I'm in and the phase of life that many of the people in my audience are in are not the same. And so how do I uh, really actively be engaging with that idea? How do I make sure that I'm not just standing up and talking about things that are going to have an impact on my life and where I am right now and that are missing a huge chunk of my audience? And I think that this, it's not even a disconnect, but it's just what we go through at different stages of life. I think that's a big part of the reason why If you look at the church has struggled my entire life with figuring out how to do intergenerational ministry, how to um, help younger people and older people connect in with each other and have the opportunity to be partners in ministry, to invest in each other because it is a two-way street. And as I read through these questions, uh, I want to invite you. I mean, I I think you can tell (laughs) I probably have talked way too long without actually reading any of these questions so far. But I think because of that, you can tell that these questions have really had quite an impact on me. It really has helped me to understand the importance of... um, you know, looking at things from someone else's perspective and to have someone who's lived through each of these decades say this was the main piece of perspective that I had in my 40s or 50s or 60s, it's a really helpful, I don't even want to say shortcut, but something like that, right? It's a really helpful um kind of nudge in the right direction for us to start thinking about things from other people's perspective. And so as Gordon shared this, uh, he told us that there was more info. He further developed these ideas in a book that he wrote called A Resilient Life. So as you hear these questions, if you go, I'd like to find out more about that. Uh, That's where you can do that, his book, A Resilient Life. And so now I'm going to go through, and I don't know how much commentary I'm going to give along the way, but I'm going to read through the questions that he says he sees us asking at different decades of life. And so he said for people who are in their teens, they're asking the question, who am I? You know, I I am going to add some commentary on each of these because I think to just let that sit and move on to the next one kind of misses the point and the opportunity to really let that sink in. Because I think, you know, I'm around uh, a fair amount of teens and I watch the way that adults interact with them. And sometimes I'm standing there and I'm 
finding myself thinking, man, do these adults not remember what it felt like to be a teen? Because it's so easy to make every little dumb, inappropriate, disrespectful decision or choice or word that a teen says and treat it like it's a 30-year-old person that said that and go, hey, come on, you know that's not okay. And teens are trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out, okay, what do I do to fit in with the people around me? How much of me do I hide or suppress or pretend is different than what I would like to be all about? Who am I? Then he says people in our 20s, uh, not our, I'm not in my 20s, people who are in their 20s are asking, what do I want to do with my life and who do I want to do it with? And if you're in that phase right now, or if you can think back on that phase, that's absolutely true, isn't it? You're in this window where you're going, okay, I've got a few different options for a career. I've got a few different things uh, that could be my next step here. And if I move away, then what happens with this serious or could be serious boyfriend or girlfriend? How do I navigate knowing, do we do the long-term thing, do the long uh, distance thing? You know, what do we do here? What do I want my life to be all about? And who's going to be in it with me? Those are the questions that people in their 20s, for the most part, I mean, none of these rule, none of these uh, questions are hard and fast. And this is the only thing that anyone in this age range is asking. But you get the gist of it. That's what people in their 20s are living with and struggling with. Uh, in their 30s, he said the main question is, how do I handle or juggle all of these responsibilities? This is the decade where for a very large majority of people, um, people are trying to manage job stuff, promotion stuff, things. I mean, now we're firmly in the middle of career type of things. Uh, and many people are starting to wonder about kids or have been in the midst of raising kids and are going, okay, what do I give to the career and what do I give to the family? And, you know, how am I going to make all this stuff work? How do I keep all these balls in the air? He says people in their 40s, they're asking, am I happy with what I'm doing? And in this one, he added a second question. Why didn't I do better? I, I think it's interesting that uh, regret enters the picture so early here. You know, in your 40s, you're still really kind of continuing what's been going on for a while now. And to start to ask these questions, uh, 
am I happy with what I'm doing? Because I've been in this career or this field or this, you know, arena of life for a while now. And is this really what I want to keep doing? I've been into my career for, you know, who knows at that point, maybe 20 years. Do I have another 15 or 20 or 10 of this left in me? And then why didn't I do better? Really, even when I read that question, it just, I don't know about, it just makes me sad, but it almost just makes me hurt, you know, for people that are living in that right there. Um, Because to be looking back and to be wondering, man, how did I miss that? Man, how did I think that made sense? Man, why didn't I know what I know now 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Um, Then he said people in their 50s, they're asking, how long can I keep doing this? And that makes sense. Um, I, I actually don't know. Um, I've had the conversation. So my dad just recently turned 60. And I had the conversation with him maybe a couple years ago. 59? Maybe he just turned 59? 58? Okay. <laughs> James in the studio is saying my dad said 58 the other day when he was recording something. So I don't think he's 58. He might have said that, but I think he's older. I don't know. He's in his 50s or 60. I <laughs> should know that, but I'm not sure. Um, and so I had a conversation with him a couple years ago, and I said, hey, you know, the pace that you're going the amount of travel and the amount of speaking and all those kind of things, you know, just keep an eye on it because, you know, you're getting to the stage in life where if you're overdoing it, that stuff is going to start to catch up with you. And, you know, I was kind of, (laughs) I guess I was kind of the one asking him, (laughs) how long can you keep doing this? But, You know, as Gordon was sharing, he was saying in my 50s, I was starting to ask myself, how long can I keep doing this? And now Gordon's in his 80s. So obviously, you know, I'm guessing that he wasn't thinking that in the moment, thinking, yeah, I bet I got another 35 years of this at least. But these are the questions that people start to ask in this kind of decade of life and then in their 60s he said people start to wonder who's going to take my place Um, it's the natural next step after asking how long can I keep doing this to start to think okay when I can't anymore then what happens and um I imagine that starting to ask that question really leaves you in a pretty vulnerable, pretty scary place, you know, to think about, hey, the things that I've been stressing over at different decades of life, how do I juggle all this stuff? Am I happy doing this? 
How long can I keep doing this? To arrive at this point where you're asking the question, well, when I stop doing it, who's going to be doing it instead of me? Um, it's the natural progression, but I don't think that it's any easier to ask that just because it makes sense based on what we've previously seen here. Then he said the decade as you're in your 70s, he called it just a decade of loss because your peers and your friends and your mentors and your spouse and your siblings um, and if your parents live for a really long time, then this is when um, you start to really just live in what he calls a decade of loss. And then he says in your 80s, the question that you start to ask is, is heaven really there? And then he's talked about, uh, this wasn't a question, but he said, he said a lot of us in our 80s live with fear, bitterness, unresolved anger, and regret. And I think that has something to do with looking back on life. And, you know, we, we all know how much easier it is if we have... 10 people say good things about us and one person says something hurtful, you don't think about those 10 things nearly the same way or for as long or for as deeply any of that stuff as you do the one negative. And I think it's interesting and it's discouraging at the same time to know um, that what he's seen in his life and the lives of the people around him is people in their 80s uh, asking, first of all, is heaven really there? And starting to wonder because they're going, hey, I'm getting really close to the end of this road. Um, but then to look back on life and to see all these things that didn't go their way, that didn't go the way you would want it to go, and that you kind of, you know, a lot of these things, fear, bitterness, unresolved anger, regret, that kind of has built into those emotions. I wish I could get a do-over on some of that stuff. I wish I had a second chance to do things differently, to say things differently, to confront differently, you know, who knows what, um, as we and people in their 80s look back on life and say, hey, I wish things had gone differently here. And as I read through that list, again, I'm reminded of the moments sitting around that table and just realizing the wisdom in that moment that he was sharing. So <laughs> I, what I'm reading to you right now was something that he had asked 
you know, he's like, I think we kind of ask different questions in different generation or different decades of our lives. And so he started with, you know, when we're teens, we say, who am I? Twenties, what do we want to do with our lives and who do we want to do it with? And he was probably two or three questions into it. And I'm sitting there going, man, these questions are really good. And so I pulled my phone out sitting around this table and I'm trying to type up a, on my notes or text to myself or whatever it was as quick as I could. I'm typing up all this stuff because I'm going, man, this is powerful. This is important. And I'm sharing it now. And like I said, if you want to read more about that, his Gordon McDonald's book, A Resilient Life, it's on Amazon. You can check it out and, and look at what some of this stuff might look like for you here and now, or maybe for your parents or your kids or your grandkids or your grandparents. Because I think to understand where other people are is such a key piece of um, loving them well, of investing in their lives, of finding ways to relate right? Because you go, if you keep these questions in your mind, if you're thinking, okay, yeah, I, I get that someone in their seventies is at a different spot in life than I am. And if we take that extra moment to go, okay, what are they asking or struggling with or dealing with right now? And what do I know about that? What could I ask about that? How can I be there for them in relationship to some of this stuff right now? Even though I'm not at the same life stage, uh, doesn't mean I can't care about where they are. Doesn't mean I can't uh, relate on any level. And I want to invite all of us. Now, like I said at the beginning, I don't know if this is as immediately applicable for everyone as it is for me as I'm speaking at different places to different audiences and trying to, uh, trying to speak about God's word in a way that connects to where people are. But I do know that all of us have people in our lives who are at different stages than us they're asking different questions and dealing with different fears and worries and anxieties. And just to know that and to kind of have a little bit of an insight and inside track into where they are and what they're dealing with uh, gives us the opportunity to love them well. And I wanted to share this list, these questions this insight from Gordon McDonald and pass that along to you to give you that same, um, that same opportunity to take an extra step to think through how can I relate to the people around me? What are they going through and how can I love them well? And I want to invite all of us as we're relating to family coworkers, neighbors, you know, p- 
people that are uh, part of our church, who knows where we're connecting with people, but we're all connecting with a bunch of different people in a bunch of different places. Let's keep in mind that just because someone's at a different phase of life than us um, doesn't mean we can't connect in about what they're going through. Let's go and let's do that well.